You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Craig, I'm the host of the podcast, and today I'm joined by John and Chris. All right, guys? Evening. Evening. <laughs> that was a big pause there. It was. It was. Don't worry, John. I just edit the pauses That's out. Sorry, right, uh, I'm good. Magic button. The magic button sorts it all out. Aye, so it, it was the international weekend this weekend, so we don't have any Premiership games to discuss. So this podcast will cover the Scotland Ireland game. I'll maybe have a wee moan about Rangers, their performance at the weekend, obviously, a charity bet. And then we've got the Scotland England game we look forward to. And then Premiership games coming up at the weekend. So we'll start off with the charity bet, and no surprises. It's just kind of a bit of a, a trend on the podcast that we didn't do very well. We had a treble on Wraith Rovers, Stranraer, and Clyde, and we got one out of three. Wraith Rovers were the only ones that that done their bit, one and two one. Aye, that was Greg's fault. It's Greg to blame for that. Aye, uh, yes, aye. I'm happy blaming him. He's not here. Aye, we can blame Laurie, definitely. Aye. Right, Laurie's to blame for that. Longworth, first scorer, didn't even score. No, Stranall actually came from behind. He got a one each draw. Aye, Stranall, let me get him on personal coupon. Oh, yeah. My my personal coupon was gobbed and all. I I put a a Hearts Hubs Rangers treble on. So, yeah, I'm sure we'll come to talk about how well that one went later on. Yes, yes. Um. What bet did I have on? Oh, I had a bet on the Scotland game that was gubbed. Aye. So luckily, oh, McBookie gave me my fiver back, that's, so that was nice. Aye, the, the fiver I got back for that game is what went on the Hearts of Rangers. <laughs> so uh, I've lost my, my free bet, I know. Aye, I had a bet on Naismith for first goal scorer. But just before the game, I was going, Naismith, I'm only, Naismith, I'm only. I went, no, I've only scored the last couple of games. Naismith, do you a goal? Yeah, bam. <laughs> it was a good it was good odds as well I mean. <laughs> maybe we should move on to the Scotland game we'll leave the, the charity bet selections till later on probably at the end of the podcast but aye the Scotland game I put a bet on uh, both teams to score and Scotland to win the odds were too tempting I had uh, a bookie McBookie were trying to tell me that I was being too greedy by putting that bet on I should maybe focus just on the win but no no I was going big Obviously, they were right. That's why they're bookies. Aye, 19 to 4 was very tempting. Aye, it was tempting enough. That's what I put my bet on, you know. <laughs> we're fools, Chris. Well, see, I, should, but, I never learned for last month because I had exactly the same bet on it, um, when we played Georgia. I see. The, th- the good thing is, the win was enough to counter the, the loss of money and, well, also adding in the fact we got the, the stake back. It's a free bet. Aye, it's kind of worth it when you do that. Until you ruin your free bet and all, but then... That's just my betting history, to be honest. Aye. Well, b- before we get into like, the actual game itself, Chris, you were, you were at it, so what was the atmosphere like? Um, I've heard better, I must admit. I, I thought the, like, the the Irish fans were probably the more vocal of the two for most of the game, except when Aidan McGeady was in the ball, obviously. But, um, I mean, the, the the anthem was about as loud as I've ever heard it. So, uh, that, was, that was probably good. But I, I think the... There was a bit of sort of trepidation when it came to the, the home support as the game went on. But then, 
But uh, that all changed with 15 minutes to go. Because <laughs> uh, the, the roof went lifted off the place when Maloney's goal went on. And uh, well, it certainly went at full time whistle. It was, it was, <laughs> it was the best scenes I've seen at Celtic for last season. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting on the, the telly uh, hearing because, as you say, there was a, a lot of noise when McGeady got the ball uh, based on the, the booze. But then there was also chance of his name. And uh, I presume that that was coming for the, the Ireland end. Yeah. It's it's quite interesting. They were quite loud for and I, I know that there was talk of them being more than the, the official three thousand because there was the chance there to pick up some home tickets. Yeah, they were, they sp- were very loud in the telly. They were spread out throughout uh, the stadium. So uh, like the, the majority of them were in the, the southeast corner. But I know like there was like it's quite funny the the divide between the, the Irish fans and the, the home support I've caught. There was quite clearly a big band of green jerseys at the front of where the, the Scotland side of it. <laughs> so obviously yeah. that hadn't worked uh, as uh, planned. Which did be a bit of a farce of the, the divide, to be honest, because everywhere I looked, I could see green jerseys in the stadium. So they were, they were quite well spread out. But I think most of them had tried to get as close to the, the, the official support as possible. But uh, yeah, they were, they were everywhere. There was no trouble. It was, it was good. Ah, as long as there's no trouble, as long as it's safe. Uh, Friendly rivalry. Yes, yeah. it's not a problem. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't, I can't say everybody was uh, on their best behaviour in the support, unfortunately. But uh, there was there was one guy in front of me who seemed to insist on singing the the famine song on one occasion. But uh, for the most part, the the the, the atmosphere I seen was was, was friendly sort of rivalry uh, before and after the game. So it was just uh, yeah, there's always your idea. Oh, aye, aye, that's going to be the odd one that gets a wee bit too steamboats and, and ruins it. I'm surprised the stewards weren't interested in him if he was singing that. There wasn't any of the stewards near us, to be honest. No. No, I think, well, I think as, as most <laughs> happens at uh, Celtic Park, the stewards would be over at the, the, the away support, mostly. Mm. So, I mean, it, it spread out the rest of the stadium, it was pretty quiet. There was actually there was a fight broke out. Um, in the southwest corner, which is just it's on the other side of the main stand for where the, the Irish fans were. And I'm not entirely sure what happened. I just see my own boy in a Scotland top throwing a punch at somebody else. And you should have seen how slowly the police and the stewards got over them. It's like they weren't yeah. bothered. <laughs> Aye. But again, I Aye. think, I, I, again, drunken idiots. It's, it's a Friday night. I think, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I came straight from work, but you can imagine other people around Scotland and there was, there was certainly people from all around Scotland at the game. Work up where we just spent several hours getting there. I don't know how long it takes to get for Aberdeen to Celtic Park, but I was hearing reports of taking about four hours just to get to Stirling for Aberdeen at one point. Yeah. And I know um, there was uh, there was issues outside the ground as well, where uh, people tried to get in and were queued like 15, 20, 25 minutes into the, into the game, still outside. Uh, I heard that. The people yeah. operating the turnstiles were incredibly slow, even when I was getting in. And you were handing over your ticket and you were standing there waiting and waiting and waiting. I was like, what are you checking? And eventually they tear off a wee bit and hand you it back and you just go in. I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's very surprising for a stadium that, that handles uh, large numbers through the gates every couple of weeks. Perhaps not as, as much as that game, but very close to it. It is and it isn't because, I mean, it was, it was, I, I would, I'll say it was exactly the same at the Ibrox last month. There's obviously the, the automated barcodes and uh, what the RFID sort of season card tickets that most Celtic fans will have and most Rangers fans have at Ibrox uh, but they weren't using these at the, the games 
So you were, you were actually handing over your ticket to a person instead of just having it scan the barcode and going straight in. So it was taking a bit longer than usual anyway. It's, yeah. I mean, I mean that, that's the way it used to be, but I think the, 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 those who are in the stadiums have got used to the, the, the current system. So, so to put that in place seems to be, it seems to have slowed things down on usual. Do you know, I heard that the uh, ScotRail had introduced an alcohol ban, as they normally do, but their alcohol ban starts at 10am in the morning of the game, is that, despite it being a night game. Yeah, I was going to say, is that, that including the Friday game? Yes. Because I'd seen that uh, uh, Laurie was complaining about it on Saturday. <laughs> Aye, he's just a JK though, that's the thing. Aye, his was after the Hearts game though, where that's the proper rules, it was just on the day of the Scotland game, they were trying to ban alcohol in the train, but the conductors won't bother. Because let's face it, if there's like a train full of fans, are they, is he going to say to everyone, stop drinking? Yeah, Guaranteed. I've been told to to drink up and, and not to not to open up another one. That's quite polite. It's, you know, you can finish that one, don't start another one. <laughs> yeah, Aye, well, I think it's uh, they, they don't want to have any confrontation, not that I'm going to give them any, but uh, I think that they just want an easy life, really. But aye, 10 in the morning, what's that all about? That's ridiculous. That's because folk travelling from afar and all that. Like from like Aberdeen and stuff. Like if you think about it, a journey from Aberdeen to Glasgow, that's a good a good amount of drink. Oh aye, but this is from, well, I, I get what you're saying, John, but that specific time I seen was from Stirling. Um, so what, Stirling's only, what, 40 minutes away for Glasgow? Yeah. But yeah, I see what you're saying. If that was based on uh, somebody travelling from Aberdeen or further north, but that's a long, a long time to be drinking. They should just have drinking carriages on the train. That's what they yeah, should I do. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. See when I start there when it's football, have, a drink, have drinking carriages, and then that means the public, general public, that aren't having to, wanting to drink, they don't have to deal with it. I'd pay extra, John, at times to have uh, like security on the, the train. Maybe put an extra pound or two pound on your ticket, and then you can have a drink at any time of the night. You could get a, a late train home at two in the morning, for example, a party train, pay an extra two pound or somebody <laughs> yeah, can buy a bouncer. A or party train going. <laughs> That's what I would do anyway. Right, to the like, game. Oh, sorry, John, carry on. I did like before the game, see in terms of when Scott Brown was going up to like do the kind of coin toss, he totally had his game face on, he wasn't even looking at O'Shea. He, t- he looked totally focused in terms of determined, in terms of we were in this game, which I did like to see. John, the team is standard. look. But no, it was good. It, it, it looked like no, we were in this. I think again, because I spoke about it before, that I think just again, Strack and breathing confidence in the players. Yeah. The players believe they can win, and it's a case of we we'll take our game to them. Not let's worry what Ireland's going to do. You worry what we are going to do, and I think that's why we won. To be honest, it's done well. I like how uh, jumping on a bit here for the goal, but I like how it was uh, trained. It was done uh, done in training. Because we all hear about, oh, this was done straight from the, the training ground, but to, to hear that that specific move, because it was, was very specific, was done. I don't know if it quite included uh, Bruins back heel, but... <laughs> I think I, they, I they may have improvised it a bit, but yeah, I mean, uh, after the game, Gordon Strachan was very quick to praise Stuart McCall specifically, because it was apparently it was his idea the, that, on the training ground, so... He was, he was making sure McCall was taking all the, uh, the plaudits for that one. But obviously, the, the, the players themselves had to implement it, and they, they did it, including the improvisation from Scott Brown, of course. But, uh, they, I mean, I did see other people suggesting that it's not the first time that Sean Maloney scored a goal like that. He scored against Man United for Wigan a few years yep, ago. Yep, he did. It's quite similar. 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's of all the players in the park, I think John's one of the, the one man that could have done it. I like as well how, in terms of most of the team obviously kind of played well, but Stephen Fletcher kind of couldn't get into the game, but Strachan was quick to recognise it in the second half and kind of subbed him pretty early in the second he half. Looked, he looked injured. I mean, when he certainly got subbed off, he looked as if he was struggling to even uh, hobble off. I think, uh, was it him that Aidan McGeady got booked for clattering in the first half? I don't know if it was maybe an after effect of that. Certainly, I've seen it suggested there was, it was a tackle earlier in the game that had uh, maybe done him. So, yeah, I mean, that was, what, 55 minutes into the game or something we took him off. Yeah. He's obviously given him the 10 minutes of the, the second half to see if he can run it off. But it's a shame because, I mean, I'd, I haven't really seen Stephen Fletcher do much for Scotland and the, the chances he's had, but he, he, there's still always that potential to do something, so... And certainly, I think the biggest disappointment in the, the, the squad for me had to be uh, Chris Martin when he came on. Because he got, having come on in 55 minutes, that gives him 35 minutes of the game to prove what he can do. And after 20 of those, he looked like he was breathing out his arse. He looked absolutely knackered. Yep. Some players can be like that, though. You watch some players and folk can look like they're breathing out their arse after five minutes. I remember, I don't remember the boy, Andy McLaren, who used to play for Hearts and Rangers. Yeah. Aye. I mean, Aye. he used to look gubbed before they even started playing. Never mind actually playing. Could just be moving that's the way he is, I don't know. Or just Oh there is that uh, aye. Uh, Kenny Miller. Uh, not so much now, but the, uh, he he often had a a bit of a purple face uh, quite early on. Chris Boyd. Uh, but maybe, no maybe Chris Boyd's a bad example because he was knackered. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know why he barely moves. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, in terms of Martin Darby fans rave about him, they say he's got yeah. all as a striker. Well, I mean, I, I, when I said that after the game, uh, I wasn't that impressed by him. I was getting belters for it because it was, I think it was, must have been Darby fans coming and going, well, how much of Darby have you actually seen? Like, well, fair play, I haven't seen much of Darby. So I can't comment Aye. on him for that. All I can comment on is what I've seen when he's played for Scotland and I've seen him getting knackered after 20 minutes. So if he's if he's banging in the goals for Derby, as I'm led to believe, because I think uh, Panda Monk seems to be a big fan of his on the, the forum. Aye. So, uh, oh, if you ever want stats on a Scotland striker, Panda Monk's your man, yep. he'll give you goals per game, goals per showers on that day, <laughs> any kind of stat you want, he'll give you. But yeah, he, he, he seems to rate him, he thinks he's probably, the, he should be the first choice uh, striker. Probably start tomorrow, I would think. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I think, uh, I'm expecting a few changes, given that... Um, Gordon Strachan said after the game about how right, it was almost, he was almost implying that his, his players had given so much in the game against Ireland that they kind of earned the rest, which is quite funny given earlier in the week he was saying I can't understand these people that think he needed a rest. <laughs> Aye, it makes sense though. You don't want to end up maybe players that have got knocks and then, much as it is England, it's only a friendly. Yeah, you want to make sure that relationships with the clubs are still good. So I think it's a chance tomorrow maybe the likes for Jordy Russell maybe to get his debut. Yeah. Um, in terms of that, obviously he plays every week with Chris Martin to maybe see how that goes. Could be, yeah. I, th- I think that th- there's going to be an element of people in, in the Scotland squad wanting to play in this game, though. Because, I, I mean, I would imagine, even though the tickets are really expensive and even though it's a friendly, the atmosphere's still going to be electric tomorrow night. Uh, it should be. They were still telling tickets tonight. Yeah, I saw that. Still overpricing them, unfortunately, but... Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got my ticket, so I'll be there in pretty much the same position I was last night, I think. Eh, on Friday night, sorry. So. I, eh, back to the, the game on Friday there, and what do you think about Hanley when he brought down right. eh, Shane Long? He was lucky. And eh, he got booked for that. Now, for me, 
I think I think the the commentator was it David Proven that was alongside Dean Crocker. I think he got it spot on. I think he was very close to being sent off there because yeah. although we could we could sit here and debate about whether uh, it's an obvious goal scoring opportunity because we might think maybe he wasn't going to reach the ball in time because he did knock it quite far in front that's, of him. That's the I thing think, I think it saved him. I think he's battered that ball so far in front of him. It's maybe not a goal scoring opportunity. It's maybe not an obvious goal scoring opportunity, which yeah. is why Hanley's been able to stay in the park. I think, Had he been I, given I think, a red card, I'm not sure we'd have been able to have much argument. Yeah, it opened the door for the referee to give the red card in my opinion. And I think that Hanley knew that as well. Yeah. That's just that's just silly. I thought, I thought given what the the Irish were get were allowed to get away with later on in the game, I think I'm maybe going to be a bit happy with the leniency of the, the referee at that point in time. I, I, I think a red card that early in the game would have changed it immeasurably. But uh, if I was a if I was an Irish fan, that's exactly what I'd be coming out with. But um, I I think there's an argument for and an argument against. It's it's one of those judgment calls for the referee. I think he's right, whatever he does. To be honest. Because it is a borderline one. Well, you know, the, the worst mistake that the referee made, and it might seem minor, <laughs> but uh, when later on in the game, Naismith was taking a free kick and he was looking to, to run down time. Yep. And the referee used the, the magic vanishing spray and sprayed a wee line for McGeady to stand behind and McGeady just simply refused. And the referee told him a couple of times to get back behind the line. And then ended up getting annoyed at Naismith for not taking a free kick. And I, I posted a picture on the forum. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, I, it's about seven, it. eight yards at most. And it, the, line, the line is so obvious where it is. And that's the whole point of that spray. He, sh- he should be going over and giving Aidan McGeady a yellow card for that because he's not retreating the full 10 yards. And, and sending of course, him off. That's his second so, yellow card because he'd been booked earlier in the game. Can you imagine yeah. what, how that would have went down in the stadium? I'm actually kind of uh, glad he didn't. But then because... I think it's just ridiculous because he yeah. shouted at Naismith. Naismith yeah. was going to get booked if anyone there. Yeah, yeah I didn't know that's that's wrong. Because Naismith should, as far as I'm concerned, he should be waiting until the, the Irish have retreated 10 yards. Now, however long yes. that takes, that's up to the referee. The, the, the referee to tell Naismith to get a move on is wrong. Yeah. And I think anybody would be able to back him up on that one. Probably it didn't really enough. matter. Yeah, it didn't matter in the end because all that happened is we took an off yeah. kick and Charlie Mulgrew clattered again. And I, I, I want to single Charlie Mulgrew out, actually, because I wasn't overly impressed with him in the first half, but I think he came out in the second half and he bossed that midfield. I thought he oh, was he absolutely brilliant in the second half. I've had a lot yeah, of people really well. giving him man of the match. I wouldn't go that far. I think Maloney was probably man of the match, and I don't even think Mulgrew was second. I think... Um, Naismith was good. I like Naismith, but I was thinking Robertson. Yeah, Robertson. I thought he had, a, he had a terrific game, not only going forward, but I think he kept Aidan McGeady quiet. He did. Yeah, I agree with and that. And if one. you keep Aidan McGeady, McGeady quiet, quiet, Ireland get nothing. Because I, 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 the rest of that Ireland team don't impress me at all. With the possible exception of Seamus Coleman, he seemed to, he seemed to do an equally good job keeping Manya quiet. Because that Coleman's pretty quick. I, the only time I thought Ireland was a wee bit dangerous was in the first half when they kept on hitting cross-heeled balls to Walters. That worked well for a while. Yeah, we seem to struggle with the aerial ball. I thought Whitaker was an absolute shocker. There was so many times he was hesitant to go and chase the ball. In fact, there was one towards sort of injury time in the second half where he kind of stood and watched the ball in the air and Scott Brown had to run past him and nearly got there himself. And which the comment, I've seen the highlights of it, the commentator then slated Brown for being hesitant. 
<laughs> Whitaker's the one that's been hesitating. Brown's come over a cover. <laughs> Can I have another uh, moan about a player? Mm-hmm. And it's uh, Charlie Mulgrew this time. There was an incident. Uh, I, I can't remember it exactly, so I'm not going to be, do very well at describing this. But he fouled a player and the whistle went. And the whistle went quite clearly. And he took another touch and then decided to cross it into the box. And this just comes just quite off the back of him getting sent off for wasting time after kicking the ball after the, yeah. the whistle had went. And he, he hasn't learned. In my opinion, he hasn't he hasn't learned a lesson. And I, I, I like I like players to to keep things simple and, and things like that. They they can learn. They can they can they should be able to do. Again, it's minor, but it annoys me. See, if I was a manager, I would have said, right, well done, guys, you've won. But here's what I don't like, and I'd, I'd give a few months. Ah, you, you, you do that, like, and when, when you've got them in Sunday, Monday, well, Saturday, that kind of yes. thing. I'd imagine had Saturday off. They've been on Sunday, Monday, talking about training. Right, okay, we did this well. We did, but this wasn't so great. We need to work on this, and that's yeah, that's exactly the kind of thing you would highlight. Like. Yeah. Although I think my favourite one about the ball away was Maloney in about ninety third minute of the game, where it was like an offside given, and he the the keeper was up the park. So he very cheekily tried to hit it up the park. Completely missed at it, but the fact it was launched up the park meant it took us enough 30 seconds or so to take the free kick. Yeah. It's just a wee bit of time wasted that I quite like. The group continues to be interesting anyway with Poland getting such a good result in Georgia. Yeah, um, I think that's that, that's probably the disappointing thing again from Friday. You were, you were kind of hoping Georgia might nick something there or at least not get convincingly thumped. I think this group's starting to look very tight indeed and it is going to be any 2 for 4 and another one taking the playoff place and somebody's going to be missing out and there's, not, the, there's nothing we can do about it. The, the, the trick here is not to be the one that misses out because you would hope that's, that uh, getting a playoff place at least gives you a chance and then you just hope it's a good draw. Ideally uh, you might finish second or first. But probably second. The next couple of matches I think will be interesting. Because Ireland play both Poland and us at home. Yeah. Yeah, that's some, that's... is there not something like Ireland's next five games, four of them are at home or something? I think so, yeah. So... They started off quite... They've had, I think, three away games so far. Yeah, yeah. Uh... so they, they, they've already got the, the Germany away game done. They've got the Georgia away game done and they've got the, the Scotland away game done. So, yeah, that's that's a, a good win of games to get out of the way. Admittedly, but we've then... got the Germany away game out the road enough and yeah. we've got Poland away out the road. We've got yeah. Gibraltar twice. Yeah, which well, we're the only one with six points. Yeah, we're the only one out of the, the, the top four that haven't played Gibraltar yet, so we should be looking at six points out of that. Whether goal difference will come at it, I would hope it doesn't. But you, ideally, you want to bang in a few, at least for confidence, if nothing else. And I think I, if we can get a draw away at Ireland, I'll be happy. But well, a win would be great. A though. win would be great, yeah, because because I think I don't you're I, hoping that I don't hate Ireland. No, I didn't think they were good at all. I, but then... the other thing is, I don't understand why they didn't play Robbie Keane because. They don't have much up front. They've got. Well, I thought Shane balls. Long was threatening with his pace. Uh, I think that he showed very early on to, to Aye, Hanley. Is it sorted. <laughs> See, they could have played Shane Long wide though and played Robbie Keane still because yeah. Shane Long at times can play wide. And that would probably have caused us more problems because they had the ability in the middle and they did the pace out wide. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's exactly what they're doing Dublin in June. Yeah, I think so. Um, but certainly looking at the group, you've got to think that that's two fixtures. Germany are playing Georgia and Gibraltar. So they'll be on 13 points after that. So ideally, definitely Ireland and Poland to draw. And then if we can take six points, that would put us in a right good place, I think, in terms of that. Yeah. If, if we, as good as we've we got plenty of time. I'll be happy if we get six, I'll be delighted. 
But eight, eight, eight games should be at least four. Is it uh, March, the next games? Yeah. So we plenty yeah. of time just to just sit on this. 29th or something we play at home at Gibraltar. Yeah, 29th of March. Right. And then there's not another game till June. It's a bit spaced out, is not it? It is, yeah. But then we've got double headers yeah. in September and then October. But then in terms of home games, yeah, we've got what, one, two, and here we've got Poland and Germany. And we finish away at Gibraltar. Aye. Uh, right, well, we move on for Scotland then. No, I was just and... I was going to say that uh, a mate of mine tweeted the SFF podcast, Damien, says, utterly compelling game between two poor teams with a wonderful strike to deservedly win. I can have no complaints. He was Irish, by the way, so... He was in the, he, was Irish? He, uh, Is he not still oh, Irish? He's still Irish. I was going to say he's oh. Irish and he was, in, he, was, he was in the Green Brigade section, amusingly, for the game. <laughs> this is what, he's one of the guys that was in the... In with the, with the, the home support, technically. I, 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 would, I would tend to agree with what you said. I don't think the, the quality of the game overall was that great, but um, there's no taking away for the, the goal. It was a, a bit of... It's, it's always good when it's a, a bit of brilliance that wins a game rather than a mistake. So I think we've, we've got to take that. Basically, it's probably the best goal I've seen Scotland score in person. I've, I've seen people come well, to like McFadden's in France. And... Oh, no. We don't want to go down that route because I or, or Archie Gemmel. Archie Gemmel oh. was mentioned a few times, yeah. I, I, it's simple for me. It's, it's, it's the best goal I've seen scored in person because all the other goals tend to be scored either before my time or I've been away from home or I've not been at the game or something like that. I remember McFadden against, was it Lithuania or Liechtenstein? Uh, it was kind of similar to the goal we scored against France. Oh, long range effort. Aye. I think I watched that one on the telly. Because the James McFadden, who I think of, is the one against Holland, which was another short corner, if I remember right. Yeah, he took a deflection, though, he was going to be a bit fortunate, but still, it was great when it went in. Aye, that one that he had a long-range shot, I, st- I still, it was only a split second, but I still thought, what an idea for hitting a shot for them. <laughs> no I, chance. I seen a few just people, silly. I've seen a few people happily admitting uh, on Friday night that they went, oh, no, another short corner. <laughs> they never <laughs> I guess it's stop start. Uh, as long as you mix it up, you can uh, It's good to mix it up, but uh, they'll be fly next time. Th- there is one thing that crossed my mind. I think so far I've seen Scotland play. They've played quite well against Germany, although it was a bit defensive. They played some really nice football against Poland and definitely played some really nice football against Georgia. It wasn't so great against Ireland. Did Ireland drag them, us down to their level? I think they did. I think they try to be physical. Whereas we're actually a bit of a footballing side yeah. now, dare I say it. I know, it's weird, isn't it? <laughs> I'm so used to uh, being a physical side. But yeah, I think but, uh, the, the Ireland side is, is very physical. I think that the, the fact was they had big guys, and we had wee guys, and they kind of tried to use that. Yeah. Just centre-back right. especially, Keo, is it Keo or Keo? Aye, aye. Ball bag. <laughs> yes, yes, but then that's, that's kind of what you want from one of your own players. I mean, yeah, I think there's, there's room for that kind of borderline uh, approach to football. But anyway, mm-hmm. Aye, so still sticking on the, the Scotland theme, uh, McLeod got released to play for Rangers and seems to be a, a unique thing. Uh, although was it uh, Roy Carroll got released uh, the weekend as well. But anyway, I'd never heard of a player getting released to go and play for their club. Uh, during a, an international uh, doubleheader. No, it's, 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 it was new to me. It was kind of weird because I, I, I kind of expected that he'd been called up to be part of the experience because he's never been called up before. And I know um, yeah. Gordon Strack has done that with a few players already. 
But I, I kind of expected part of that experience to include the game itself. <laughs> I, must, I, I don't, well, I don't yeah. tell you if McLeod is at the game or not, because I'm assuming they went back to the Rangers to be with the team for the, the game on Saturday. So I he played on Saturday, played the, the full game, if I remember correctly. I and he's young, so I don't want to be too critical of him, but he was... I want to say he was rubbish, because he was. I don't know if it's his fault, I don't know if it's McCoy's fault, but he, he's put on the wing, he's not a winger. He's put on the, the right wing in the first half and the left wing in the second half. But especially in the second half, he was nowhere to be seen in the left wing. He just went, I wonder. The amount of times he was away in the middle, he was away over the right-hand side of the pitch, and Stevie Smith, he's playing left-back instead of Lee Wallace, he doesn't like progressing too far beyond the halfway line, especially if he doesn't have a player in front of him. All he had was players in the middle, uh, including McLeod, shouting for it. It was just a waste. It was it was one of those that I do like McLeod. I do think he's an exciting prospect, but I just don't think he was good enough at the weekend there. And I, I almost wish he, he hadn't been called back. <laughs> I don't know who he would have played instead of him, but it's, it's maybe harsh on him. But he's one of the players I'd single out for just not being disciplined enough, not sticking to his position, not doing as he was told by McCoyst. Aye. Dan McGregor play? Aye, aye. He played. How, yeah. how did he play? How did he play? Yeah. Oh, he's really good. Oh, I'm really impressed with him. Uh, thinking back to, uh, was it the Hearts game that he made a mistake? He came on as a sub first game of the season, first game of the league season. He came on as a sub and he made a mistake that led to So's goal. Ever since then, when he's played at centre half, he has been probably the, the standout centre half in the, the Scotland side. Uh, the Rangers side, sorry, uh, obviously against Jig, Zalukas and uh, Mosney. He's OK at right back, but centre half, I really impressed with him. I'm just curious because he was in the, the Evening Times on uh, well, Saturday morning, actually, and he was saying, he was asking the, about how Hearts would handle the pressure with the, the, the points gap coming down. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> and, and obviously, <laughs> that day, the Rangers are the ones that have dropped points. He was saying that the lead yeah. Hearts had at the top of the league was up to nine points at one stage and now it's four. And if we beat Al, it'll be down to one point before they kick off the match at Wait Falkirk. Well, apparently it's now six. So <laughs> the question now becomes, uh, can, can, uh, can Rangers handle the pressure? Because uh, for, think... for all Hearts have got, are, are the, the team that are top, Rangers are the, the, the team that are expected to win that division. Yes, so well, I agree. I think it's, the question becomes, can they handle the pressure? Because they've not really had any pressure in the previous two seasons. So No, no not at all. One thing about the, the game at the weekend there, uh, I don't think it was uh, defensively. We were we were sound. It was going forward. We had nothing, nothing, no outlet really. We McLeod uh, switching off. Uh, Templeton, um, I've not been so harsh on Templeton so far because it was almost as if he wasn't playing, uh, especially in the second half. Uh, he just went missing. We just going forward. We just got stuck. We got stuck in midfield. And we went back too often. But I, I wouldn't blame McGregor. Uh, for the, the performance it was just it was a bit of a, a fluke goal by Alwa not not in the way it went in the net but it, the way uh, it didn't really suit the, the flow of play and uh, Alwa they'd been restricted to long range shots up until then which is fair enough uh, they, they were troubling Simonson but none of them were obviously going in but uh, uh, something that, that popped into my mind when we were talking there Callum Patterson yeah he got called up to the Scotland squad. Scotland squad. Now he's he's serving a two-match suspension, and the second match was at the weekend there against Falkirk. Has he served it? 
despite being called up to Scotland? Or or what? How does that work? Oh, I know I, the, I, the rules in Europa League is pretty clear now, uh, but but how does it work? Oh in yeah, this situation? He, he'll have served it because the Scottish rules are in the back of a fag packet, so I wouldn't worry about it. That's my, that's my exact thoughts, Chris. They, they wouldn't have thought this through, despite it being uh, brought to the fore quite recently. But I, I just thought that was that was an interesting situation, and I'm surprised it's not it's not reared its head in the build up to the the Hearts Rangers game. I'm sure it will. Well, yeah, later well, in the week well, when some people realise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, but there's plenty of booze at the Rangers game, as you would expect. But hey, I don't wait, think when did you get drink? <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did there. But I don't expect that result to uh, bear any uh, resemblance to what's going to happen at the weekend. And I don't think uh, Hearts, uh, their, their decent clean sheet record Hearts have had, uh, was it, they've only leaked seven goals in 13 games, something like that. Yep. I, I, again, I think that's going to go out the window. I think oh. there's going to be goals. Well, one, one of them was at the weekend there. Another one was the last time they played Rangers. So I think it's going to be goals. Goals in this. Rangers have had a good record as well, but aye, it's going to be both teams to score. That's my tip, and that's my tip for the the charity bet. By the way, both teams to score the Hearts Rangers game. Aye, but I don't think we're going to get good odds in that. But that's my tip. Could be a shout. Do we want to move on and do the predictions before we do the? Yeah, do predictions. Are we going to predict the Scotland England game? (laughs) Do we want? I think we should, because then it gives me a chance for a, a bet. Well, before, right. before we do it, I'll give you a few wee stats. This is going to be the sixth time Scotland have met England at Celtic Park. It's the first time since 1904. <laughs> in the previous five games, there was a 2 each draw in 1894, a 2-1 win for Scotland in 1896, a 3-1 defeat in 1898, a 4-1 win in 1900, and the last time, 1904, was a 1-0 win for England. And uh, it's also the first time I've played England in Scotland since the uh, game in 1999 when it was a Euro 2000 playoff qualifiers when uh, Paul Scholes scored both goals in a 2-0 win for England. Right, I, I think it's going to be a home victory tomorrow night. I'm confident because I, I think that both teams are, are not taking it as seriously as they, they perhaps should. I think there was other things in their mind at the weekend there. But I think Scotland will have the edge. As long as England fans don't get up to no, some nonsense, I'm going to go for 2-1 Scotland. John? Yep, 2-1 Scotland. But I think in terms of saying that they won't take it, they're not taking it seriously. See, once the kick-off... I'll be serious. <laughs> I'll serious. Was myself. But I think both teams, I think both teams will kind of mix up a wee bit in terms of how they how they had their starting lineup at the weekend. I wouldn't be surprised if they start strong and throw in lots of subs later on, which I think might end up with like some daft with like a tweet or something because of that. Tweets and Chris. Yep. Right. Do we want some more starts then? Not for the Scotland England game, but just starts for the Premiership games at the weekend. John, you just just send the stats our way. Right. Okay, so Celtic have won 32 of their last 37 home matches in the Premier League. There have been over two and a half goals scored in 12 of Ross County's last 14 games in the Premier League. And there have been over two and a half goals scored in St Mirren's last five away games in the Premier League. Aye. Right. So so you're saying that you're going to go for a Celtic home victory? Yes. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) That's a stick your neck out there. Uh, Aye, me three. <laughs> right, I'll go for a scoreline then. I'm going to go for 3-1. Oh, that's what I was thinking. And I'm going to be more specific and say that Dundee will score first. 
Oh, Ooh. no, a John Gadetti score first. Gee, I had that's what I went with. I went Gadetti first goal scorer. Although, um, Sweden have started playing our game, and I'm hearing Michael Lustig might have a hamstring injury for the first game that Sweden played, so that's not great. Because I'm coming back into the team pretty much coincided with our best run of the season. I'd be missing him if he was it. Hopefully, Gadetti comes back fit. But yeah, I'm kind of going to agree with the two of you and go 3 1 Celtic. So we take turns then to go first and make predictions so we're not. So we're not just copying. Right, we're just uh, right, John. All right, John. Right, you can go first then for Dundee right, United okay. against Kelly. Dundee United against Kelly. Oh, I think I might go 3 1 again, actually. Right, United? Aye, 3 1 United. That's pretty bad. I don't think Dundee United are going to win this. I think it's going to be one each. Do you think so? Aye. I think the United are going to be a bit of shaky form. Well, they, I thought they played very well against Motherwell in the first half that i seen. Uh, obviously, they went on to lose that. They, <laughs> they won 3-0. Lost. <laughs> Aye, they still Aye. I like to pick the, the positives. Aye. Uh, then Kelly shocked everybody uh, by getting beat off Ross County. Nobody gets beat off Ross County apart from them. I'm going to go for home win. I'm going to go 2-0. And Dundee United are unbeaten at home. Five wins and one draw at home this season. Am I right in thinking Kilmarnock beat Dundee United the last time we played them? Ah, they did. Kilmarnock won 2 0 in October. I knew that game was recent. I was on the telly. I'm sure it was a Friday night game. Friday night game that wasn't a Motherwell, you sure? I know, I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm surprised there's no Friday night Motherwell game this week. Although, uh, to be fair, they're away at Inverness, so that's got pushing it a wee bit too far, even for them. Right, the next one up is Hamilton St Mirren. Right, you're going first, Chris. Am I? Alright, I'm going to say 2 0 Hamilton. John? I, I'll go f- see Hamilton I've been struggling a wee bit recently but I but St Martin are playing aye exactly <laughs> I think 3-0 Hamilton 3-0 Hamilton did you say that uh, St Martin was a stat over 2.5 goals and... over 2.5 goals aye in the last 5 away games right well, ha- well Hamilton scored 2 against Inverness and then scored 3 against Partick Thistle so I think there's going to be plenty of goals in this. I'm going to go for 3-2 Hamilton. That could be a potential bet. If we could do that, Hamilton to win in over two and a half goals. Don't know if they do that as a double, John, but we'll keep that in mind. Chris, although Chris disagrees no, with no, that. I've only went 2-0. But we'll, we'll look at the odds, because even just a home win might be decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Inverness against Motherwell, home win. The, the new manager, Boost, is gone. For Motherwell, Inverness home win, 2 0. Did I hear that Black's staying as a the caretaker for a wee bit longer now? I've not heard him yet. Is it, not, is it not some kind of vote of confidence they've given them? It's basically saying, nah, we'll, we'll keep you in as a, a sort of caretaker for a bit longer and kid on that we haven't actually found them doing a match job yet. I'm sure, I'm, just I'm sure I heard it talk. today. That's, I'm not right. 100% sure about that. They're just waiting for talks with Winston Bogard. Kenny Black will continue as caretaker manager of Malawi Club's board form a short list for managerial vacancy at Fir Park. However, no permanent appointment will be made until ownership of the club is finally resolved, possibly this month. Ah, right. So it's the community-based thing with the Bell Society. It's holding that up a bit. Yeah, Greg might end up manager. Oh, that'd be amazing, right? <laughs> ah, he knows nothing about football, so that would be a travesty. Imagine Malawi getting drawn away to your bros. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? It'd be, it'd be riots. Right, Inverness, Motherwell, John, what are you going for? Uh, Inverness, Motherwell. I don't know, I think Motherwell might kind of have a wee lift in terms of what's happened recently. I shall go for 2-0. Nah, can't see it. I think Inverness will win this 
2-1. Right, John, St. Johnson, Ross County, go for it. See, this is going to go against the starts of me, because I don't think there'll be many goals in this one. I think, I actually think this could be a, a Paul Band, no, no. Oh, Paul Band. See, I think Ross County are getting things together. I think this might be an away victory. I think this will be somewhat, maybe, maybe, maybe just 1 0, but aye, I'll go Ross County win. A Ross County win? Yep. I thought you just said St Johnson were getting back together. No, Ross County are getting back together. <laughs> right, 1 0 St Johnson for me. And then on Sunday, live in the telly box, we've got Partick Thistle against Aberdeen. 1 2 for me. Um, I'm going to say 2 0. I am going to go for nil one. Aberdeen to win one nil. No one. Right, this is done for the predictions. What jumped out at me that's worth looking at in the charity bet? Now we're not going to bother with Celtic. No. You're two to eleven. I think we're all agreed there that they're not worth going for. Hamilton, we went three two, three nil, and two nil. Hamilton are nineteen to twenty at home to St Mirren. That's a good Aye. Right. Fire them in. Yep. Now, okay, they were Inverness didn't, we weren't uh, totally convinced with Inverness. I went 2-0, John, you went 2-2, Chris 2-1. Inverness are 70-10 for at all, tempted by that. Although, as I say, we didn't all go for a win, yeah. No, I think the only, only results we've agreed on was the Hamilton and the Celtic results. And we didn't really say Celtic was a good result they were going for, so. No. I'll be wanting to go for what you were saying earlier about Hearts and Rangers, both teams to score. Now, I think it's a gimme, but it's it's just whether the odds reflect that or not. I think the odds aren't some... up yet for both teams to score then. No, unfortunately not. Which right. odds are Hearts winning then? Eleven to eight. <laughs> Is it? Oh, here's a, here's a, I bet here's a thing as well. Uh, there's been over two and a half goals scored in 12 of Kildon Beath's last 13 matches in the Championship. But Going against that is the fact that Livingston have failed to score in seven of their last nine away matches in the Championship. Mm, it's a bit of a good start, that. A bit of a good start. It's a bit of a contradictory start, though, so I'm kind of thinking, you know, is it worth it, though? I know, that's what's... Uh, just looking through the fixtures. No, I'm just on. Uh, Ward and Fairmont at home to Sterling Albion, probably quite a crap price, or are they? 8-15. to That's not great. Four for at home to air, what's that? Well... I was actually going to bring up my first scorer bet. Yeah. And I was going to go for, I was going to suggest Dale Hilson. Ah, oh, your mate. My ex. Next. Yep. Next door neighbour. <laughs> he scored six in the league. So you're going to say he was your ex? Well. I've gone all shy now, Chris. He, he, he did let you hold his award. He did. And that's not a euphemism. <laughs> no. I just, but, because he, he, he didn't know that I got to hold that. It's because it was his mum. Oh, right, ah, right. It was his mum you were my friend with me. Right, okay. Yeah. Right, it's worse the plot seconds. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Dale Hilson, first scorer, that's my tip. Yeah. Firstly, I'd go with that. First, we don't have odds I would, for him. I would double up with four for beating Neil if it's, the odds are good there. Is he on Twitter? Can we mention him? Put the pressure on I don't know, I'll, I'll need to check. <laughs> right, so he's first scorer and we're going to oh, double up on that. Right, are yeah, we going to keep this really simple because oh. the double on Hamilton and Forfa is £29.25 for the £10 stake at McBookie. Oh, how do we think it? Are they all struggling? 
you're struggling as much as that. Seventh mm-hmm. in the league at the moment. Oh, are they? We're a good seven points behind four for already. Do we want to, do we want to add in Fells into it? Eight to fifteen then. Yeah, what are we going to get for that? What's that going to add to the pot then? Let me work this out in my head. About another fourteen pound maybe. No. That brings it up to forty-four pound eighty-five pence. I'm going up. Right, we're going for that then. Yeah. Right, good. Right, four for one to two. Hamilton nineteen to twenty. I think if you're going to put a single on, I think Hamilton's the the big one there. And then Dunfermline at home to Stirling Albion at eight to fifteen. Yeah, three home games. Tell me about that, would you probably chalk it? Well, I think we're not going to win with that, Chris, because we're rubbish at this. Oh, well, I know. <laughs> we'll chuck it anyway. Take went, that back. Aye, Chris, you went for a draw, didn't you, in the party? That's what I'm doing, didn't I? Did die. Aye. Right, so £10 bet, courtesy McBookie's at treble. £44.85. And Dale Hilson for first scorer. Don't have odds for him, but I'll tweet them in the SFF podcast Twitter account. I'll try and find out if Dale Hilson's on Twitter. Right. Can we find out if his mum's on Twitter? Craig, you'll know. I just pop around and ask her. <laughs> oh, she doesn't live there anymore, but I could ask her on Facebook. Oh. Give her a poke. Right, I'll find out if... <laughs> I'll find out if Dale's on, on Twitter. I'll ask his mum. Right, anything else you wanted to cover in the podcast? Just good luck to Scotland against England tomorrow night. I oh. enjoy the game if you're going, enjoy the game if you're watching, because I'm not. Unfortunately, I've got a gig. <laughs> it's just bad timing, isn't it? What gig? A gig, yeah, Jack White. It's booked ages oh, ago, right, I didn't right. realise. No, I'm not playing a gig. I don't think you were playing a gig. Why should I support that for Jack White? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe do a bit of singing. Taking um, a place of Meg. <laughs> place of old white stripe stuff. Craig on the drums. Hi, I could do. I, I could give it a go. See, I prefer Jack Black. <laughs> oh, I can't find John Travers. But it's an SSD. Is it what I prefer? Silla Black. Silla <laughs> Black. Oh, oh, oh. Right. Surprise, well, surprise. Thanks for listening to the podcast and thanks you two for coming on. Edit that joke out because that was crap. It's staying in, John. That's, that's the, the perks of being the guy who edits it. I get to decide. Oh, right. Thanks oh. for coming on. Thanks for listening. I'll speak to you next week. Yep. Cheers. Yep. Bye. Bye. Bye.